With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. Well, Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox In the Bonus. What up with you? Thanks so much for downloading this here podcast uh, hour of the show. Got a lot to get to. I think you're going to like our What the Fox Say. And uh, I always like to find out what's annoying Jason Stewart. I mean, lots is annoying Jason Stewart, but what specifically today is annoying Jason Stewart. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. Plus we have a, uh, a fun little rant from LeBron James. I think you'll enjoy part of because we can let's, we've talked about the draft. We've talked about other games, you know, like the Milwaukee bucks and uh, their home loss to the Miami heat and all of the different things that that, that uh, brings up thought. What we haven't discussed is, the, the Western Conference games last night. Now, um, as I told you, the Lakers would lose to the Grizzlies and game six becomes the game of the series. And it's interesting, right? Like the further we get away from John Morant's hand injury, the, the, more, the less that's a part of the story. And the deeper we get into the playoffs, the more fatigue potentially becomes part of the story for the Lakers. Right? Maybe not for this series but potentially for others. It should be pointed out that as much as game three was a dominating performance by the Lakers game four, they escaped by the hairs of their chinny chin chin. So we don't really know what game six looks like in terms of home court advantage. And if if we use last night as our guide, right, how many home courts really were an advantage? Um, but I, th- there is a, that game was 75, 74 and they took Anthony Davis out and it went to hell in a handbasket because of drives and rebounding. And it's, it's interesting, right? Like, um, I actually thought in many ways, LeBron played really, really well with the exception of that stretch of that stretch. And I, I know I've said this before. And of course the LeBron sycophants, you know, take this as, you know, it's like if you say LeBron's playing great, they're like, yeah, he's playing great. You know, even with his age, if you say, well, you know, the team doesn't actually play as well with him. You're like, well, what are you talking about? Um, they become very defensive about it. And, you know, if you hold him to the usual LeBron standard, well, that's not fair because he's in his late thirties. If you hold him to a late thirties standard, then you're going, well, hold on, you know, are you making excuses for him? 
I'm not making excuses. I can only judge LeBron. He's a player. He's older. But the reputation of LeBron being able to kind of hold the fort down by himself is just not accurate in this series. And the perfect example is when they took Anthony Davis out and he struggles to, he's always struggling. He's not really comfortable at that small ball five. He's just not. And he struggles sometimes in terms of his movement. And you're like, wait, I, I saw him get 20 rebounds a couple nights ago. You did. And that's the hard part about being in your late 30s. It's not that you can't do it anymore. It's the percentage of times in which you can do it and bring that energy. And there are some parts to it. I, it, it used to be that LeBron could cover up for so many defensive weaknesses, you know, between being an on-ball defender, a weak side shot blocker. Now, of course, he's taking charges, which really helped in game four. But, you know, they, they knew he wasn't protecting the rim in game five, and they attacked him. I think the point that I'm getting to is, and I do think LeBron gets this more than he lets on, is that he's much better off when he's the third or fourth option offensively. He can still find a way to get points. And like last night, last couple of nights, he hasn't made, he's shooting a terrible percentage from three. And he struggles at times to get by guys, especially younger athletic defenders or whatever. But he's not playing bad basketball. It's just what's changed is, boy, you can't leave it with LeBron and think he's going to carry you and keep the fort all settled while Anthony Davis is out. The opposite is true. Anthony Davis can carry you if you give him the right pieces around him without LeBron on the floor. That's really the change there. And it's a challenge. And, and in many ways, me saying this, th- this is actually out of respect for LeBron as opposed to a condemnation of LeBron. How is that possible? You're telling me that he's not as good as he used to be. No, he's not. But he knows, he does feel like on some level he knows that and he understands that and he is trying to hide his age and let other guys do their thing more and be more of a mover and a ball mover. He still holds the ball a lot. He still gets caught thinking that, you know, your brain tells you you're somebody you're not. The, The difference between... LeBron and like Russell Westbrook is just in that. Like Russ still thinks, Hey, my way still works and I can still do it. And the league is like, no, it doesn't. I I don't care if you have one or two good shooting games, you were three of 19 and three of 18 in the front and, you know, in game one and game, whatever it was five that they got bounced. Like that's kind of who you are. And Oh yeah. By the way, at this stage in your career, you, you have to be more of a role player. And that's really what LeBron is. What, what happens is we look at, you know, some of the dunks that he can still pull off, some of the times in which he can still carry the team offensively, can still make shots, and you think, well, that's who he is. Like, nah, they need, in many ways, the strength is in that he's done it so many times that, and he, he believes his reputation is intact, that there isn't any fear of missing late, and that he can actually be your late-game scoring closer, even though for much of the regular game, he can struggle to get by people and can be really dependent upon, you know, shooting jump shots because that's what happens when you get older. Speaking of having done it before, that's really what happened with the Warriors and the Kings. You know, can we say De'Aaron Fox is hurt? Absolutely. But there was also like a stretch there at the end of the game where the Kings had three straight turnovers and they're taking erratic shots and they're just, whereas the Warriors... They're doing what they do. They, Clay Thompson shooting some tough contested, but catch and shoot shots makes it. Andrew Wiggins, I don't know if you saw that kind of uh, Dirk one foot fadeaway. That was crazy. Steph being Steph, right? Finishing with a drive, hitting a big three, moving all over the place. And then they got offense from Draymond, which I thought Charles Barkley did a great job of analyzing. Like, look, they were telling you if you want to be on the court in this series because of the way Sacramento plays, you're going to have to score. And Dre knew that. It's one of the reasons you're better off coming off the bench because you're playing against inferior players when you, you're not playing against the starters when you come in. You find a better matchup. But two, um, he's worked on his game and continued to kind of hold, like, hey, man, I got to score in this series. And he had 21 points. And I thought the, the ironic part, the first time he had 20, 20 points or more since 2019, Christmas Day 2019, that was the bad Golden State Warriors. 
But what you learn is, and this kind of is a tip of the cap to LeBron, you do what it takes to win each individual playoff game. That's the beauty to the playoffs. Is that, yes, it's a series. It's not a one-and-done scenario. But even within that series, you got to do what it takes to win that one playoff game. And the Warriors were able to do that, and the Kings were not. And the Kings are now a game away from going fishing. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. And th- there's lots of, I mean, look, it's draft day. Uh, you have the NBA playoffs. But, but you also have the portal in college football and the Colorado story, which if you turn on the TV on Saturday and you saw a sellout at Folsom Field, you're like, oh my gosh, Deion Sanders has done it, right? In short order, there's a, there's, there's a vibe there. It's a thing. They got to sell out for a spring game. And then shortly after the spring game, another rush towards the portal. So I thought what we'd do is bring in David Ubbin, who covers, uh, among other things, CU football. And he's covered the Big 12 for years. He knows the college football landscape for a long time. Writes for The Athletic. And he actually wrote a story on the, these massive departures post-spring game. And uh, D- David, um, first, what what is it like at Colorado in terms of... Because, again, what we see is this incredible crowd... Uh, what is it actually like in terms of the uh, amount of attention, the energy towards this program? I mean, people are excited, obviously. I think, you know, the program was kind of flatlining, um, you know, going last year, obviously, 1-11. And, you know, the vast majority of those games, it felt like teams were naming their number. Um, pretty dark times for a once-proud program. And, you know, I think now you have, obviously – all this attention, this very interesting guy who, you know, you never quite know what he's going to say when he gets the microphone, um, you know, all this excitement, all this incoming talent. And so, you know, it's hard enough to sell or to get people to come to spring games when they're free, but, you know, at a place that 
really, you know, at the, where the interest was so low to sell tickets for, you know, 10 bucks and sell it out. And then, of course, have people actually show up. When you get three and a half inches of snow overnight, you know, it was sort of the first tangible um, evidence you could point to. Whereas otherwise, you know, I've been out there a couple times since Tion got hired. You know, it's sort of just a vibe uh, versus, hey, this is a full stadium of people paying to freeze their butts off and see the, this, this thing happen for the first time. Um, okay, so what what's the honest feeling about the run to the portal? Uh, on which end? <laughs> well, I, I think mostly from 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 Dion and his staff said, because the, the, here's the way I look at it, right? Like, there's no question that he wanted to clean house. Right? But there has to be a couple of guys that he didn't want to lose that have put their names in the portal. And maybe it's because, like, look, this is the landscape of, of college sports where you play well in a spring game and now all of a sudden you can make more money elsewhere. And it's a negotiation tool. But, I mean, yeah, like, what's, I mean, I think- what, what's the breakdown of guys that he wanted to get rid of, guys that he wanted to keep, guys that they were 50-50 on? Because it's got to be hard to see a way in which they're going to be successful year one, considering most of the team will not have played in, sp- in spring practice with them. Well, the only one that I know for certain that they did not want to lose is Montana Lelonius Craig, who obviously had a, a starring role in the, in the spring game on Saturday, 98-yard touchdown, 154 yards. But the vast majority you know, of, of these 23 guys, 24 guys, I've lost count now, um, that have left since Monday, and then the, the vast majority of guys that left you know, during spring or right when they got there was, hey, you know, like Dion sort of said yesterday, clearing out the old furniture to buy some new furniture. So, you know, I think that was part of what my story was about was the guys that, you know, were members of a 1-11 team last year. You know, I think Dion sort of saw that as that's not the kind of guys that we can have to, to, to build. And maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. I think we'll, time will tell on that. But the, the list of guys that, that he is losing sleep over losing or, you know, tried to convince to stay is – it's pretty short from what I understand. All right. What, what is, what's their viability considering not that he won't get out and get big names, but one, some of these guys are young kids. It's hard to play them. And two, like th- this is a different level. I, I, I understand the PAC 12 is not the level of the sec, but you know, when you're at Jackson state, if you lose guys, there are many more Jackson state level players out there than there are PAC 12 level players out there. What's the likelihood of them being competitive next season? Well, you know, you talk to coaches and, and you hear a lot of skepticism. I think, you know, for one, just trying to build a roster overnight, nobody's ever tried to do it before. And there's a lot of reasons to believe that you can't do it. You know, I think offensive line jumps out to me as the biggest position, really in both lines, but especially the offensive line where you need uh, a lot of chemistry, of course. You know, bringing all these guys in in the summer and saying, hey, guys, you know, here's 15 practices before your first game is tough. Now, my counter to that is, you know, I, I think they're, that's, that's going to be a difficult task. But they were so bad last year that, that the bar is, you know, buried underground. So clearing it, you know, is, is not going to be that tough of a task. If you get, you know, spanked a couple times next year and you end up, you know, winning three, four games and, and maybe people are disappointed you didn't get to a bowl – it's still better. You can still you can still sell prosper or progress, and then you know you see what you we'll see what happens in, in year two. So, yeah, it's it's going to be. Uh, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, I, I think we just have never seen somebody try to flip a whole roster in one year because you couldn't do it until a couple of years ago. And then you know, I think just the practice of how they're doing it, pushing guys out. I think a lot of coaches will be scared uh, of alienating you know high school coaches locally, future recruits, and and beyond doesn't have that. Uh, I think he feels like his recruiting prowess and, and uh, you know, his sort of magnetism will overcome that. Maybe he's right over time. We'll see. Uh, but we just have never seen this before. So, you know, if he does it, you can bet there's going to be copycats. And if he doesn't and then this doesn't work and flops and, you know, he makes a lot of enemies in the long run, you know, I, I think this will be one of the more compelling sagas of college football ever. Either way, people are going to be watching. Is Shador Sanders good enough? Uh, and and I and I say that because it's one thing when you bring in a quarterback to run your team. It's another thing when he's your son. I, is he good enough uh, to to carry this thing? We don't know. Uh, the, uh, you see him. You you watch him. You see the arm talent. The arm talent is is there. But you know, playing in Texas, 
you know, the private schools all play each other. So he didn't play against, you know, the Allens, the Duncanville, North Shores, you know, the, the big-time places in Texas. He didn't play them. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you go to the SWAC, you know, he's not playing against, you know, fellow, you know, four- and five-star recruits. You know, they – Jackson State was so much better than everybody else. It could protect him well and had receivers that could run by people. Um, and, and, you know, they're winning games. He's not having to rally them very often. So we don't really know. And now you're going to be coming in. The offensive line is going to be an issue. Um, you know, he may be under pressure more than he's been. And there's not going to be a talent gap. I mean, there's going to be a talent gap, but they're going to be on the wrong side of it in most of the games that they still play, you know, despite bringing in all these transfers. So he's got a lot of weapons. You know, I like the scheme. Sean Lewis is bringing that Baylor offense to um, uh, to Boulder. This is also his third scheme in three years that he's running. So that's, you know, up to the degree of difficulty. But they got some guys. I think he's a good player. How good, you know, we'll see. Uh, I just think when you kind of put all this together in one offseason, you're asking a lot. Maybe they come through, maybe they don't. But, you know, I don't think he, you know, they don't have a quarterback on the roster better than him. Could they have found one? I don't know, maybe. I don't think Dion was going to, to go that route. I think he has a lot of faith in Shador. And, you know, we'll see if that faith is rewarded come fall. Great stuff as always, David. David Oven, read his work in The Athletic. Thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you. Appreciate it. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? Every day in the bonus in the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we, we play for you a portion of a previous show on either Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports One. In this particular case, it's Dan Patrick. He's had this question. Uh, said this. So the question of asked of Giannis after the game last when night. When you say failure, it's. It has a different context to it. It feels heavier. It feels more pointed. How disappointed are you? You know, he's playing with a bad back. He put up, what, 38 and 20? It's a disappointment. Did you fail? 
history won't be kind to you, but they won't they won't pile on like they would other franchises. If this happened to LeBron, then it would be a terrible failure. But I think the media loves Giannis. We love this story. And what's not to love? He's a wonderful player. It's a wonderful story. He's won a championship, MVP, and he put up 38-20 and 20 in a closeout game. But I love the answer because he could come back and say, I'm not talking or be angry at the reporter. I think he's trying to let the reporter understand how Giannis is viewing this. Michael Jordan, did he fail in those seasons when he didn't win a title? No. Come up short? Yes. Disappointment? Yes. He was injured for a couple of games. And they ran into Jimmy Butler. Um, I, lo- I love this discussion. We had it some on radio. Um, I have long fought the it's a failure if you don't win a championship mantra. And if we're also honest, the seating matters less now. It is less uh, representative of how good a team is now than it has ever been previously. Conversely, it's now a seven-game series. You remember there was a time when it was a three-game, then it was a five-game series, which also which didn't give us a, necessarily a clear depiction of who is the better team. Um, Giannis didn't play in two and a half of the games. That obviously helped keep get Miami to this point. And then the last two games, Jimmy Butler was incredible, and Giannis could make a free throw. Was it a failure? Uh, I don't. I think. I think there is. The world is more gray than it is black and white. It was a very, very disappointing end to an outstanding season. It's the only way it can be. Were there things that that were completely out of the control of the coaching staff and even outside of the control of the skill of the players? Yeah. Giannis getting hurt, that, that does it. Um, and this is a team built really around one guy. So you have to play differently when you don't have him, and then you had him like part of the time. That's hard. On the other hand, there is the acceptance of, dude, you're 10 of 23 from the free throw line, and several of the turnovers or you know, things that happened late in the game or into overtime were because you didn't want to get fouled and you got rid of the basketball. Right? Um. And frankly, Drew Holiday made one out of two free throws. And and then, of course, you you have a side OB. And I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could not argue that was an offensive foul on Jimmy Butler. It just was. It, it's just crazy that that is allowed. And yet that goes back to what, what I think what we all struggle with officiating, which is, hey, in so many big games, you swallow your whistle and let the players decide but that's what you did here. Is that really the right thing to do? I don't love the question, but I do know that it's something that fans and media members ask. I think the answer is no, it's a, it's a movie, right? It just didn't have the happy ending at the end of the movie, but there'll be a sequel and you'll get another movie. And maybe that's the happy ending. Um, I, I don't know if the question is fair or not fair. I thought the answer was, especially for somebody who is not a native native of America in terms of his, his mastery of the English language, the American Eng, English language. I thought it was magnificent. It, it doesn't though. I, it doesn't mean that I think he believes you need a participation trophy, right? That's, that's not what Giannis is saying. That's not what anybody's saying. It's not a participation trophy discussion. They had a really good year. They had a really bad end to a really good year. And there's no other way to explain it. They were the one seed in the East, which in the regular season felt like it was tougher than the West. I don't think that's the case when all things are equal, when everybody's healthy, but the East was seen as tougher than the West and they finished as the one seed in the East. And Giannis did get hurt and missed two games. Like these are real things. But you got a big lead at home. You've won a championship before and your best player misses 13 of the 23 free throws he takes. You got yourself beat in a must-win game. You had the game essentially won. You couldn't close. That is a terrible end to a successful regular season. This is Shannon Sharp talking about the, the performance of LeBron James last night. We talked about the Clipper game, and we said, I think that was the worst half I've seen LeBron play in a very, very long time, if not ever. Well, this rivals that. 
it was right up there with it because he was pretty close to points and turnovers in the first half. I think he had six points in the first half. I think he had five turnovers. He didn't play well, and that was one of the main reasons that they lost the ball game. LeBron didn't play well. It was one of the worst halves of bad, one of the worst overall games that I've seen him play in a very, very long time, mm. and that's saying something. But they need they, they, they better come with it on Friday. Now, you can come out there and dilly-dally around LeBron and, and you know, try to get your guys involved, but you better put your head down. Hey, just we'll talk about Golden State. Like I said, Steve Kerr will put all his eggs in one basket because he's looking to go back to the chase and close this thing out of six. Uh, yep. And that's what they did. D. Ham, you need to come up with something. Hey, you might have to only go five players. You might have to go five deep. That's what you might have to do. You might have to go five deep. But uh, LeBron didn't play well. If you want me to give him a percentage, I'm going to say 85 90% of the blame last night's on his shoulders. Yeah, I, I don't know how you're going to go five deep when LeBron can't play long stretches and he's getting more and more tired as as we go on. Uh, nonetheless, I, I like that Shannon said he didn't play well. There have been many stretches this season where he didn't play well. The question is, again, can he, in the key moments... One, start of the game, and two, can he in the key moments of the game, does he have it in the tank? Because even though the games are spaced out with a day in between, there's also travel, and he's just older, and your body doesn't recover nearly as quickly. It's a really hard thing to tell. Here's Craig Carton talking about being a New York sports fan right now. I know California has a lot of teams in the NBA playoffs, and you feel good about it, mm-hmm. and you got Shohei Otani playing for the Angels. Yes. I respect all that, right? <laughs> it's a New York world, baby. It is a new. We got Aaron Rodgers. We're now the best team in the AFC. We got the New York Knicks. Oh, They're going to be the favorites to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. We got sure? the New York Giants. We got the Yankees. We got. I mean, we got seven different hockey teams in the playoffs. You don't care about hockey. Yeah, I know. But I'm just, you know, manning on. Yeah, I'm, adding on. <laughs> I'm adding on. Yesterday was a great day, not a good day. A great day in New York Jet history. When acquiring a superstar who may play only one year is a great day in your history, it tells you a little bit something about your history. Nonetheless, I do think there is a bigger discussion there, which is, can you, can you believe that the Knicks seem to have gotten it right? And we'll see if this help, helps the Jets get it right. And, you know, the Giants have doubled down on Daniel Jones. We'll see if there's a next step there as they surround him with, with better all-around talent. But... Craigie is the voice of New York sports and let him have his day. Let him have his day. That's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Let's find out what or who is annoying Jason Stewart. And now it's your annoying. Uh, Doug, let, let me button up uh, what you'd said about the Lakers with, with this, this commentary. What annoyed me most about last night Anyone who watched the fourth quarter of last night's game, uh, Lakers and the Grizzlies. The Lakers were down 20, and then they just they go on this like massive, urgent push uh, to get it up to like 12. Meanwhile, LeBron and AD are on the court using up miles, using up energy. Um, if you go into the fourth quarter of an NBA game on the, in the playoffs on the road, at that point, you consider it an L – and you move on to game six if you're the coach of the Lakers. So Darvin Ham's annoying for wasting mileage, wasting the legs and energy of two guys that are both old, injury-prone, when you're going to need them for game six. You had no chance in that game. Consider it an L and move on. I was just frustrated at my TV. As I'm, Why are these guys playing? What, what are they doing on the court, Doug? Yeah, it's one of those, um, you know, in the NBA, you feel like no lead, low league lead is ever safe and we can make a run here. And but there's like a cost benefit analysis to it. And your cost benefit analysis was the same as mine, which is wave the white flag, have LeBron take off his shoes. You know, maybe they can make a run without him. Anthony Davis, you play him, you don't play him. I, you know, obviously it's, it's about injury with him. But for LeBron especially, I, I can't believe he played the minutes that he played. Um, I agree with you. Who else? Yesterday, I saw something on OutKick, uh, Clay Travis's uh, sports media brand. And then I became increasingly more frustrated 
that it didn't get one bit of coverage, including ESPN. In fact, before I went on the air here, I just Googled again if ESPN even picked it up, and they never did. And this is what's frustrating to me. So we covered this on the radio show the last couple weeks. We're frankly, I think, one of the few uh, outlets that has the balls to talk about it. Um, No pun intended. Um, Anyways... Um, I know what you're talking about yeah. just by the pun intended yeah. without but, knowing what you're talking about before that. So, but it's Leah Thomas, right? Um, she, uh, she came out last week and said, oh, we respect Leah as a woman, as a trans woman or whatever. We respect her identity. We just don't think it's fair for her to compete against women. I don't uh, want this kind of half support. I don't want this. I respect you as a woman, but not here. I think it's kind of a guise for feminism and transphobic beliefs. Well, Martina Navratilova, one of the most high profile, uh, I guess, queer athletes, I guess you would, you would call her. She was out before it was trendy to be out. Yeah. She had an amazing tweet yesterday that's hard to defend. Um, she quote tweeted what Leah Thomas said. Um, and basically said, Newsflash Leah, it's not fair. We shouldn't have to explain to you over and over. Also, stop explaining feminism to feminists. Um, <laughs> that's like a drop the moment, drop the mic drop moment. The mic. And, and you're like, could it be a better source to talk about this? And nobody covered it, Doug. Nobody, ESPN, I guess, isn't uh, doesn't have any motivation to cover this because it was so such an obvious good point against the narrative. Well, uh, I would, the only correction I would make was you said her tweet was hard to defend. I don't think it was hard to defend. It was, um, that because defend would hard would to poke that, holes in, I guess you're right. right you're right. right. Yeah, hard, hard to poke holes in. And I'm, I'm glad you, you pointed out. I would also say, and look, th- this could be unfair because I'm not a woman and I'm definitely not, a, I'm not a trans woman. Um, but if you heard the podcast that Leah Thomas was on, like one, there was one glaring thing that jumps out at you. It's that her voice has a lot of bass in it because, I mean, she was a, before she, before she changed her sexual orientation or what was it? Well, what's the gender? I forget what, before she had a sex change. Gender reassigned? Is gender that reassigned or whatever. But before she, you know, went through hormone. She was a fully grown young man, right? which is the whole argument here. It's the whole argument here. And um, here, here's what I, I, I despise about the Leah Thomas's argument, which is, hey, if you're a feminist, then you have to support this. Like, no, you don't. This is what I don't like about politics. Right. Like. People get it twisted. They think they know my politics because I poke holes in both both different sides. Like I'm just for aware. I voted Democrat most of my uh, most of my life. I'm a left leaning centrist and I'm I'm kind of a radical centrist because there are times and issues which I vote other side. And I don't like the fact that I have to be told, oh, hey, if you're a Democrat, you have to completely like, no, I don't. Just like if you're a Republican, you don't have to support some some agenda that doesn't fit what you believe in. How do we get to that place? And it's the same thing for Leah Thomas. Well, if you're a, if you believe in women's rights and you no, if you believe in transgender rights and you believe our transgender transgender rights should allow us to 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 compete against women, like no, I don't. Why do I have to believe that? And it's essentially the argument that so many women have made. I would agree with, which is I can support your rights and just say like, hey, that's not fair for you to compete against a biological woman. We have. Testing to, you know, I mean, there's, there's a reason that women have their own sports. That there's the WNBA. They don't have to compete against the NBA. They don't have to compete against men's players outside of, you know, obviously in practice, you have guys competing against them. Same thing with track and field. Same thing with tennis. Same thing with swimming. Because testosterone is in fact a performance enhancer. It just is. So, I mean... I, I, I'm, I'm with Martina Navratilova. Um, and I guess, you know, there'll be people where well, you can't understand. Cause I, I, I can't understand. I fully am aware. That's a hard life to live. And if you make that choice, boy, that is, you, you are, that's a, that's a, as much as you may feel like 
it's a lifetime of punishment to be in a body that doesn't fit what your soul is. That's that's what the argument is. I, I understand that. The other side is I I empathize because I'm, uh, you know, the conversation with your parents, the conversation with friends, the conversation with people that you've gone out with, right? The conversation with anybody and just being, hey, I'm, this is who I am now. That's really, really difficult. And I respect that if you're an adult doing that. But I'm also allowed to go like, hey, I'm also for fair sports and I just don't think it's fair. And you can't say that I'm anti-feminism or anti-woman or anti-trans. I'm not. I'm pro fair sports and I don't think it's fair. I look, I don't think steroid users should be able to perform against, you know, guys against guys. Um, and I don't think that, that there has to be some fear of repercussion. If you just simply go like, Hey, you can be transgender. Okay. But you're going to give up your ability to compete against biological women. I think that's a, most people that's where you go like this is really not a radical idea this is really not a radical idea and i don't want to be pushed to but well that means you're hateful towards no it's not i'm not hateful towards anybody but at some point you go hey look we got to limit this and here's why anyway what else you got one more uh i think that one uh wins the day but i I want to at, least, at the very least draw attention to this guy, Drew Maggie. I can't spent third. Hello, hello, hello. Now I can hear. You. I at the I at the very least want to draw attention to this third one, Drew Maggie, um, outfielder for the Pirates. If you have not seen the story, it's like one of the best sports stories we've seen in a long time. He spent 13 years in the minors. He's 33 years old. And he had his first at bat in the big leagues yesterday. To me, this is like what sports are all about. This is why I watch sports. It's frankly uh, what kind of made me fall in love with baseball. This guy has spent a lifetime trying to get to this moment, and he was given his first at bat. Now, doing some some digging here, I th- I, I I made the wrong um, I made the wrong conclusion after seeing a couple headlines. The headline was. Drew Maggie gets first at bat in the big leagues and he's called for a pitchcock violation. Well, that's half true. It's he got a standing ovation and stood out of the box and took it all in. It was great. And credit to the umpire for allowing that to happen without um without calling the pitchcock violation. Jeff Nelson, okay? So then Maggie gets in the box, he fouls off a pitch, and then takes too much time for his second pitch, and they call it a pitch clock. So um, it, the the headline was a little misleading, but I just want at the very least to draw attention to Drew Maggie uh, gets the first at bat in the big leagues in 13 minor, after 13 minor league seasons, an amazing story. 13 He's he's Crash Davis? Yeah, I mean, Crash Davis, though, remember, he had a he had a little bit of a sip, a cup of coffee, remember? That's what kind of, that was different about that. But yeah, in a lot of ways he was. Can we get him on? Crash Davis? Yeah, no. we'll talk about Yellowstone. Uh, and we'll t- Actually, I'd love to get, I'd love to get, <laughs> get him on. Yeah, no, we're, we're efforting Maggie as we speak. I think that's like the coolest story ever, you know? And I don't know if I've told this story on air. I tell it off air all the time. Uh, my first year uh, after college was, it was a whirlwind. Right. Um, I played in the USBL, which is a now defunct May and June league. And it was, it was a a ton of fun. It was in Enid, Oklahoma, Brian Gates, who's an assistant in the NBA with the Suns, uh, was our head coach. He was young. We were young learning to play. And it was, it was wild and fun. And I got great stories. Then I was supposed to play. Uh, then I, I went to a mini camp with the Lakers. Well, I was supposed to play, excuse me, um, overseas, but there were new rules and my team was actually owned by my agent and we were living and training in Varese, Italy. This is after I got married. And so I trained for a couple weeks. Then I came back and went to a Lakers mini camp. They took Mike Pemberthy instead of me to vet camp uh, who eventually made the team. He's now a coach in the NBA. And uh, then I went back to Italy, went to Israel to get my passport, didn't get it, came home, got my stuff from Italy, came home. And then I played in the CBA uh, I was on. A, I made a CBA roster only to get cut the day before the first game. Beat out like thirteen other dudes. Um, and then I played 
uh, I think seven games in the IBA in Salina, Kansas. And it was after the second game in the IBA. We were the Salina Rattlers. We were driving on an overnight bus. It was like something you see in a movie, right? Where like a sleeper bus, you know, where you actually have like bunks where guys can sleep and talk and sit around. Anyway, I remember being on that bus and I was thinking to myself, this is really cool. It's like out of a movie and I want to do this for as short a period of time as possible. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, when you're and and two years later, I was playing in the ABA, which was an awesome league. But my first I, I got off the plane from Israel and played in Detroit, played back to back nights against the Detroit Dogs with this Phoenix team. We travel back and we're in Phoenix and the guys hadn't been paid in a month. So they all refused to practice. But because I just signed with the team, like I can't hold out. So I had to practice by myself while my teammates all watched. And the owner came and then promised them they'd all get their money because he didn't have money with them. They wouldn't all practice. Like I'd seen a lot. And I was like, you know, I can't do this minor league stuff or like I, I want to do something else if this is what it looks like. So for him to hold on for 13 years and finally get a shot, that's incredible stuff. That's the, the fortitude uh, that it takes sometimes to just make it to, to where whatever happens the rest of his life, he can said, I played in the bigs and I cannot say that it's pretty awesome. But what's annoying is the, the umpire. Um, well, the, the annoying part about it is the umpire for calling the pitch clock, but it wasn't as drastic as him taking the standing O and getting docked the pitch like we've seen earlier this season. Uh, yeah, I, I but, think I think yeah. the annoying I think the annoying person of the day is Darvin Ham because Darvin, what you're supposed to be is a player's coach. You're supposed to be the guy that played. Remember, oh, he won an NBA championship, right? He was a bit player on it, but still part of an NBA championship team. So you're supposed to have that feel for look up at the clock going. You know, I mean, we can make a run here, but we are really don't have a shot. And, you know, with every minute we run the risk of a poor performance in game six or an injury uh, in game six. Like we got to call this thing. And it felt like a bit of an ego move, a coaching ego move. Whereas sometimes I remember listening to matter of fact, listening to ESPN radio. It started with a show called Game Night, one that I started with years later. And they had Chuck Daly on. It was around this time. And it was after he had retired. And Chuck Daly said, you know, one of the keys to coaching the NBA is those nights when you just don't have it. And you're going to lose. Not losing the next game or the next week because of it. Right? Sometimes you just don't have it. And Darvin Ham, that's a lesson he may well learn on game six from trying to, to make a better showing in game five. So Darvin Ham. Yeah, I know All right, I know we got it because we can. This is the part of the show that we play for you a portion of something we've heard on radio or on TV, which usually involves something that other people can't play, right? It's called Because We Can. Why are we doing this? Why do I? Because we can. Hey, Doug. Um, yes, sir. After, after the Laker game last night, LeBron James said this. Now, the problem is with this segment is that uh, most of the arable broadcastable part of this comment has a beep in it. Um, but, you know, there was a phone version of it from somewhere in the crowd <laughs> that we were able to grab. So this is, this is LeBron James' summary of his performance. Tonight I was shit. Um, I'll be better I was shit. There you go. <laughs> it says it all. It says it all. It's awesome. I mean, what a, what a just awesome admission to, hey, I was bad tonight. Okay, that's all I wanted to hear. And we move on. Why can we play it for you? Because we can. Shall we get to a pick of the night? Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. It should be pointed out that over the last four days in which I have made picks in the NBA... The only one that I have missed on was the Hawks comeback against the Boston Celtics. It's literally the only one spread money line, anything you need. I've been doing quite well. As I told you last night, I love the Grizzlies and I like the, th- I, I, I really, really, really like the Golden State Warriors. Uh, those two absolutely obviously came through. So we got Celtics Hawks. Remember this is a game that was supposed to be the Janet Jackson concert control. Um, and the Hawks are seven point dogs. At home, I not money line, but with that number, 
I'm going to take Boston. I don't think Atlanta's going fishing just yet. Remember, uh, they uh, after a I thought I thought the suspension for Dejounte Murray was was not long enough, but it was only a one game suspension. He's a 25 a night guy, seven rebound guy. I think the Hawks got some life in him, and the Celtics' inability to close is going to force this thing to be a game seven. But I wouldn't even touch. Forget about the money line. You got seven points. Take the seven points. Take the Atlanta Hawks. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Check out the All Ball podcast. We got a good one with Darren Heitner, who's an NIL lawyer. That, that's available. Uh, in the meantime, I appreciate you listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is In the Bonus. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rivalry Every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.